Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Hour number two of Light the Tower on the Horn. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, Craig Wave on his way back to our Fairburg from South Sunny, South Florida. Humid as hell, South Florida. Texas doesn't have to deal with that humidity anymore. That would or be a rain. nice weather change going from South Beach to Northern California. Palo Alto, yeah. yeah. I think I looked, I saw during the game last night. That A and M Stanford game, like people were wearing hoodies, it was getting a little chilly out of Sunken Diamond. So it'd be, it'd be a really nice change of pace. Did you see the milkshakes from I believe it's Mark Mark Light? Yeah, Alex Rod Alex Rodriguez Park at at Mark Light Field. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't think did A Rod show his face during the weekend. I'm not sure. I didn't. I, I didn't he did. hear any boos across Craig Way's. Uh, Radio broadcast. <laughs> you, uh, do you, have you heard uh, Doug Mankiewicz? Have you heard Doug Mankiewicz? Really? Because I, I actually did know this. They went to high school together. Oh, okay. Doug Mankiewicz, former MLB first baseman, most notably played for the Twins. Uh, they went to Westminster Christian together in Miami. And <laughs> Doug Mankiewicz said that based on his interactions or lack thereof with A-Rod, he was on a podcast. He said, he's going. he says, I've always said this about him. Mankiewicz talking about A-Rod. He's going to die a lonely man. Ooh. Like, dude, there's. There, w- without just blatantly dog cussing somebody or saying one of those unforgivable four letter bombs, that's one of the worst things you could say about somebody. Like, think about that. Your insult, like you're gonna die alone, lonely. It's up and there. miserable. And yeah. A Rod's also up there in the most it's pretty rough, despicable and dislikable. I, yeah, I don't, I don't. Of all time. I don't know. Despicable. It's just he's just one of those guys that seems really easy to dislike. You know. I always think about the other guys scene. You know, because Mark Wahlberg. Spoiler alert, shoots Derek Jeter in the World <laughs> Series in the, the dugout. And the cop says, you, why didn't you shoot A-Rod? <laughs> like, my brother's a Yankees fan. Hates A-Rod. Hates A-Rod. I don't, I, I, I don't see a lot of A-Rod jerseys. I don't see a lot of A-Rod Rangers jerseys. I don't see a lot of A-Rod Yankees jerseys. Yeah. It doesn't seem like, I don't know any, I, I mean, we're all Rangers fans here. And it's kind of like, yeah, A-Rod, A-Rod play here. I mean, we're talking about. Rangers swept the Mariners and Marcus Simeons, I believe, at he's over at fifty two runs and the record is held by A Rod. It's like, wow. You know, I forgot A Rod did play for the Rangers and was a great athlete, but he's not remembered the same way that Michael Young's remembered, the same way no. Nolan Ryan's remembered, the same way Adrian Beltre is remembered. Well, you gotta remember too, the Rangers were god awful the three years A Rod was in Arlington. And, but it was you still terrible. But when you have an when you have a, a guy like that, I mean I guess maybe because he did force his way out of Arlington, 
you kind of despise him, but still, as a as a player, you, you still would remember him for what he did. I mean, he was putting up stupid numbers. As a text comes in from Jeff Mudd, A Rod is James Spader in every movie, <laughs> man, from eighty five to ninety two. That's true, Jeff Mudd. If we had a texture of the day award, you would win it, sir. Thank you for your contribution. That's that sums it up pretty accurately. Jeff Mudd is leading the Directors Cup text line. Yeah, the right uh, now. Light the Tower Directors Cup. Jeff Mudd, you you get a Texas NIT Championship shirt, Jeff Mudd, if uh, if you if you continue to hold on to your current lead. Pooped eleven times in one day, though. Pooped eleven times in one day. Let us know that uh, they have a grape a grape guy out on East Six. Twenty three dollars, mm-hmm. twenty three bucks a pound for red grapes. Twenty nine for green. 42 for cotton candy grapes. So, Do you have a grape guy? I don't have a grape guy. Okay. No. There you go? No. Thank you, Pooped 11 times in one day. Yes, thank you. Uh, you know, Thank you for your service. You're a fine patriot. Deserve to be hoisted up on her shoulders. Uh, one last text on the uh, who would you rather face, Stanford or Texas A&M. This texture says, I care nothing for the Director's Cup, but baseball versus Stanford is of little consequence. The Director's Cup will be delivered uh, by huge men uh, men and women's track points at the NCAAs this weekend. I don't care, but I know exactly how it works. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's like, you know, those – uh, you, that's like a guilty pleasure movie or guilty pleasure band, like – well, th- this album sucked, and this album was terrible. This one was okay, and this one was good, and then they went back to the crappy stuff, but I, I don't care anything about them. Yeah, that last One Direction album was just was awful. See, that's where that kind of goes into my dark period for music. I, I don't, I probably couldn't tell you one, one One Direction song. Really? They got some bangers, dude. Yeah. They got yeah. some bangers. They're all just, it's all this catchy stuff. Was was that Harry Styles? Was he in One Direction? No, he was, no, that's One Direction. Wait, wait, what did I say? One Republic? No, One Republic had that song with Timbaland. I yeah. know that. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I, did I say One Direction? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that you was that Direction. was Harry Styles and okay. uh, and I Neil think I know one of their Zane. songs. Yeah. We've had too much One Direction talk on this show. Okay. Um. Yeah. CB brought up something that I, I wanted to bring up in the Longhorn Notebook, and then we'll get to some. We'll get to the football recruiting stuff because Texas had a big weekend. Uh, oh yeah. Out of the Forty Acres on the recruiting front, but Michael Huff. Is on the I saw that's got this in my email on the drive in. Michael Huff is on the ballot for the 2024 College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Vy has gone in in recent years. Dan Neal has been on that ballot. Now, like the College Football Hall of Fame, everybody that's deserving of being in the College Football Hall of Fame eventually gets in. They just have weird rules on who they'll let in and when guys can get in and when you're eligible, but. My uh, my argument, I always go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame to find arguments on, on lifetime Longhorns that should be more staunchly considered or probably should be in. Like, remember when we mentioned how A-Rod's not remembered very fondly in, in Arlington because the Rangers were terrible sure, while sure. he was there? Man, if Tommy Nobis played for a franchise other than the Falcons who were just hot garbage. Dog just, water. Just the football equivalent of diarrhea while yeah. he was there. Uh, Tommy Nobis would probably already be in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the few men that's on the 1960s all-decade team who's not in the Hall of Fame. Very unfortunate. Probably because, again, yeah. he played for a garbage franchise with the Falcons. They were terrible at that point. But Tommy Nobis should be in. Casey Hampton's not going to get in because he just doesn't have numbers. But when you're 
when you make the all-time defensive line, when you're voted by the franchise as one of the all-time defensive linemen for the Pittsburgh freaking Steelers, and you've got two Super Bowls, and you've been to multiple Pro Bowls, and you've been an All-Pro, Casey Hampton should get stronger consideration. That's going to need to be, that would need to be he would need to be a finalist, and somebody from the city of Pittsburgh, whoever would be presenting him, would need to make a really strong case for Casey Hampton in terms of his role. That being the being the nose tackle in a three-four defense is a very thankless job, mm-hmm. but Casey Hampton should get stronger consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame than he does. I'm curious: is nose tackle the hardest position to get inducted into the Hall of Fame to play? Other than kicker and punter, probably, probably uh, center would probably be one. Also, it, it, there's mean, not there's there's not as many centers in the Hall of Fame as you would think. Yeah, that's true. Who, who's going to be the last one inducted? Jeff Saturday. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Connor Biotic? Or even Tyler B- Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. I don't even know his name exactly. Like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you an interesting one when he gets when the time comes. Like Jason Kelsey. Yeah, that's true. Jason Kelsey will probably be a Hall of Fame center because now he's got a Super Bowl ring. He's been the two appearances. How many All Pro teams has he been on? Oh gosh, let me look that up. He it's, has the resume for it. Yeah, because um, defensive tackle only only two make it to the all-pro teams, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's tough to, to pick because it's also it's a position where you don't have the stats that a defensive end will have because defensive ends are going to more likely they're going to have more sacks, right, more TFLs, and then linebackers will come up and make all the tackles. Even though the nose tackle is making the play at the line of scrimmage, it's still the linebacker who's going to come in and clean up and get those numbers, get those, those stats, the tackles. It, it's tough for a nose tackle – because they don't, they don't get the love. You mentioned it's a dankless job. I, I would think it would be the toughest one to get consideration in the build a Hall of Fame career, even yeah. though you might so have one. So this is the list of centers that are in the Hall of Fame, um, and I'm just pulling this up from the Pro Football Hall of Fame website. you got Jim Langer. Chuck Bednarik doesn't really count because he's in the Hall of Fame technically as a two-way player from back in the day. What a badass Chuck Bednarik was. Played from 1949 to 1962, and damn near killed Frank Gifford in a game one time. So. Mm. You ever seen that, Cam, on some of those old NFL films, videos? The one getting killed? Well, yeah, where Chuck Bednarik just lays Frank Gifford out, and then he's standing over him like he's like he's yes. going to punch him with his fist raised in the air. I heard Bednarik talk about that one time. He said he wasn't trying to hit him. He just said he hit Gifford, and then he just looked over him and raised his fist, and he said he just said celebrated. out loud, he said, this effing game is over. <laughs> uh, what a badass, Chuck Bednarik. Uh, so you've got Dermani Dawson, uh, Frank Gatsky, uh, let's see, Mike Webster is a center in the Hall of Fame, Kevin Mawai, Dwight Stevenson, Jim Otto, Jim Ringo. So pretty much there's one, pretty much one per kind of era of football of that ends up getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah like Dermani Dawson covers, pretty much covers the 90s. Kevin Mawai is going to cover the 2000s. I would think Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey would be the next center in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, center, nose tackle in the 3-4, uh, kicker and punter, probably the toughest positions to make the Hall of Fame. Because Kelsey made it on All-Pro last year. A sneaky pick for possibly being the next center in after this current era ends, Creed Humphrey. Kansas City, because he's going to have the Super Bowl resumes. Yeah. He's going to be, as the best team in football year after year, you're, you're probably going to get named to the All-Pro team as a center. That's kind of one of those deals, you know, that's by association, right? Like you're, yeah. you're Patrick Mahomes' center. For the prime of his career, you're going to get consideration. Uh, Jason Kelsey, f- five-time first-team All-Pro, 
uh, six-time Pro Bowl. So, yeah, I think Jason Kelsey's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, without – I mean, looking at – going through all the all-pro teams last year, he's been first-team center on pretty much every single one. You know, and B&E had Jamal Charles – on this morning, Jamal makes a really strong case for being in the Hall of Fame. Doesn't you know the the ring thing and the playoff thing? It doesn't impact running backs as much as it does quarterbacks, which is Super Bowl championships are basically how all quarterbacks are judged at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jamal's got you know the NFL the career record for average yards per rushing attempt. Uh, you know, when you're breaking records or you're right up there with Jim Brown in some records, you're going to get Hall of Fame consideration. The shame is. That, that Priest Holmes got injured when he did. Because, again, you, you look at that three-year run Priest had from 01 to 03, that's as good or better uh, any three-year run that any running back has had in the history of football. I mean, Priest Holmes was that good over those three years. Uh, it's just after those three years, he was done. And the difference between Priest Holmes and a guy like Terrell Davis, Terrell Davis won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Won an MVP, had a 2,000-yard season. But Terrell Day was very short shelf life. Uh, Gail Sayers, another one, very short shelf life, but very memorable. I think Priest or Jamal, and, and again, that's the thing with Priest is Jamal Charles has better numbers and I think played longer, more visible to people. So I think of those two guys, Jamal would probably get more Hall of Fame consideration, even though Priest, hell of a career. All three should be in the fantasy football Hall of Fame. I think Terrell Davis basically invented fantasy football. That, no, that would be Priest Holmes. Ladanian Tomlinson was the first. Ladan- Priest Holmes and Ladanian Tomlinson were the two first great fantasy players that I remember. I don't know if it, I don't know if it would be Terrell Davis. That must have been like primitive fantasy. That's what I'm saying. Because like, by the it time you got to the, it was by, by the time you got to the 2000s, Terrell Davis was done. That, Terrell Davis was when people they would have to. Manually, like, write it down in your notebook, and in some dude That's still would... when they were just calling it old school, just rotisserie football, yeah. rotisserie league football. Speaking of centers, one guy I was thinking of, now the Specs text line kind of reading my mind, Travis Frederick, before his career ended, Jeff, six years in the league. Oh, he was on his way there, yeah. First team all pro, two time second team all pro, five time pro bowler, which of course does not mean anything. He was on the all rookie team. He was the guy that, it, you know, if not for, you know, going down with a a uh, very awful nerve disease. Guillain-Barré syndrome. Yeah. yeah and, but, again, like we talked about, with centers, it seems to be more of a generational thing or, yeah. or an era thing. There's, like, one per era. I think Jason Kelsey will get in before Travis Frederick. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Frederick will get in because, I mean, there's a lot of guys who have, have, who have one first-team All-Pro. It does not what, mean you're uh, – Cowboys fans that are not old enough to remember the guy I'm about to mention, Travis Frederick is your Eric Williams. You can say Travis, if Travis Frederick doesn't suffer from Guillain-Barre syndrome, Travis Frederick's in the Hall of Fame. He's still the, he's still the starting center retires. for Dallas. He's still our starting center. Yes. We're not we're not worried about is it going to be Bionich or whoever. It's, okay, we have Frederick at center. He's the guy. I, I firmly believe if Eric Williams does not have that car accident, he's in the Hall of Fame right now. Yeah. He, dude, he was, oh, Cam, you should have you been around to see Eric Williams in his prime. I never... I never saw Reggie White get manhandled until he did. That's why, like, two of my all and I'm glad Tony Baselli eventually got in. I never saw anybody manhandle Reggie White the way Eric Williams did. And, dude, I never saw anybody stone Bruce Smith the way Tony Baselli did. Yeah. I guess, dude, when you're, when you're handling Bruce Smith by yourself as a youngster in the NFL, Tony Baselli was so good. Before the injury, it does seem like offensive linemen get a little more leeway. But dude, Eric Williams, 
if he doesn't, again, if he doesn't have that car accident, if he doesn't have the car accident, the Cowboys probably have another Super Bowl on top of him being in the Hall of Fame. That's how important he was to that team. Also on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot, thanks to Chris Bennett, CB, Michael Orr. Oh, nice. The Blind Slide. And, of course, as CB reminds us, um, not a big fan of that movie. And I think I understand. Why would you not be a big fan of the movie? I think just because of the hit the way Michael Orr isn't a big fan of the movie because of the way yeah, he's portrayed. Yeah, the kind of the the shy, you know, meek, understated guy. And also on the ballot, Ron Mexico. Yes, Michael Vick. So let me run this down. I just now see uh, the release from the the release with the Dylan Haynes also on. That's incredible. <laughs> I, how dare you, Cam? Dylan Haynes is not up there for me. There, there's oh, sorry, wrong, wrong list. My bad. There are, there are a couple people who you will not slander while I'm on this show. Dylan Haynes is one of them. No, okay. um, <laughs> actually, if you want the the white defensive back conversation, Rod Babers will stick up for any white defensive back. He feels really bad because Rod Babers killed off the white cornerback in the NFL when the Giants drafted him to replace Jason Seahorn and gave him Jason Seahorn's number. Mm. So Rod's been sticking up for white DBs and carrying that flag for them, waving it proudly since then. Did Rod and Seahorn have a relationship at all? Did he reach out and, like, like here, here's some advice for the rookie? Know. Or was he just like, screw you, dude? I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't. And, and Giants fans, some people, some Giants fans. I've read some blogs, some Giants fans' blogs that are not very kind to Rod. Being like, don't blame Rod. Blame Ernie Acorsi. He's the one that did that. Jim Fossil's the one that did that. Rod yeah. didn't ask for that. Gave it to him. Yeah. Uh, your college football Hall of Fame ballot for this year: Flozell the. Speaking of great Cowboys offensive tackles, Flozell the Hotel Adams, Monty Ball, uh, Aaron Beasley, former West Virginia defensive back, Eric Bieniemy on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. Boy, you talk about. Colorado football in the early to mid-90s being a force. Eric Bieniemy was behind that. Man, did not pan out at all in the NFL, but you won't find many college receivers better than Justin Blackman when he was at Oklahoma State. He's on the ballot. The late, great Jerome Brown out of the U, he's on the ballot. Larry Burton out of Purdue is on the ballot. Well, you know you played a long time ago when split end is your listed position. Uh, a guy that I know Texas fans have night terrors about still, Rocky Kalmus. Former OU linebacker, Greg Carr, uh, former Auburn linebacker, is on the ballot. Mark Carrier out of USC, the defensive back, Mark Carrier, not the wide receiver. He's on the ballot. Boy. Dude, tell me how this ballot works. How is Monty Ball on the same ballot as Michael Vick when they played 20 years apart? Dude, it's weird rules. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, Kijana Carter is on the ballot. You talk about what ifs. Blew out his knee on that old Silverdome turf in his first preseason game. Was never the same after being the number one overall pick in the 95 draft. Uh, Russell Carter from SMU. Matt Cavanaugh from Pitt. Dallas Clark, former Iowa tight end. Marco Coleman from Georgia Tech. Tim Couch, former number one overall huh? pick uh, out of Kentucky. Uh, you, now you're, it's college football. Tim Couch put up I ridiculous know, but numbers. When did he play? Uh, late 90s. Before I was born. Brad Cul- and he's on this list then, then you've with got, Fitzgerald? Then you've got Brad Culpepper out of Florida, who's a really good defensive tackle. Kenneth Davis from TCU in the mid-'80s. Jarrett Dillard out of Rice. Ken Dorsey from Miami. DJ Dozier from Penn State. Vaughn Dunbar out of Indiana. Warwick Dunn, really good running back group on the ballot. Warwick Dunn. Uh, Greg Esslinger. Dion, man, another Colorado great from back in the day. Dion Figures. Larry Fitzgerald. Willie Galt out of Tennessee. Toby Gerhardt oh, is man. on the ballot. 
I uh, tore up some Pac-12 defenses <laughs> in NCAA football and nine with Toby Gerhardt. He was in the Heisman race that I felt that Dominican Sue should have won in 2009. Dan Ham- How is Dan Hampton not already in the College Football Hall of Fame uh, from his time at Arkansas? He played in the 70s. Kevin Hardy out of Illinois. Graham Harrell on the ballot. Uh, Leotis Harris, Marvin Harrison, Garrison Hurst, Josh Heupel, Craig Ironhead Hayward, uh, Ken Huff, Michael Huff, Damian Hughes, Steve Hutchinson, Brady James, Ed King of Auburn, LeVon Kirkland, who shout out to the 300-pound linebackers back in the day, Olin Krutz, Antonio Langham, James Laurinaitis. Oh, yeah. Ryan Leaf on the ballot. Oh, boy. John Lee, a place kicker out of UCLA. Andy Levitri from Oregon State. Todd Light out of Notre Dame. Marshawn Lynch is on the ballot. Herman Moore from his time at Virginia. Kellen Moore. Terrence Newman, who played, uh, was in the same defensive back draft class as Rod. Terrence Newman played longer than any of those DBs drafted. I think yeah. it was 14, 15 years in the league. Cowboys legend. Haloti uh, Nada, Ken Norton Jr., Michael Orr, Julius Peppers, Paul Puzlesny, Antoine randall Simeon Rice, Ron Rivera, Matt Russell, another Colorado Buffalo, uh, Larry Seavers, Dewey Selman, Richard Seymour, Alex Smith, Darren Smith out of the U, Kevin Smith, uh, one of the best corners this state has produced out of Texas A&M by way of West Orange Stark, Takeo Spikes, Taylor Stubblefield, Purdue wide receiver, uh, Terrell Suggs, Dennis Thurman from his time at USC, Michael Vick, Chris Ward, Ohio State offensive tackle from the 70s. This guy should be in already. One, Maybe in the top five of college football players I've seen in my lifetime. You go back and watch you some highlight tapes of Peter Warwick at Florida State if you want to talk about electric guys in the pre-social media era that would have just blown up. Peter Warwick was one of those dudes. Eric Weddle and Luis Zendejas, uh, the coaches, candidates, Larry Blakeney from Troy, Jim Carlin at West Virginia, Pete Cawthon Sr., uh, Larry Coker, Ralph Friedgen, Mark D'Antonio, Daryl Rogers, Frank Solich, and the Senator, Tommy himself. Tuberville. Tubbs is on the ballot. Uh, then you've got div- uh, divisional player candidates from lower divisions. Ashley Ambrose, Archie Amerson, uh, Rick Beeler, Rennie Ben, Bill Borchardt, John Both, Carl Boyd. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, let's see if anybody from the state of Texas. Bruce Colley from uh, UT Arlington, who I believe still lives in the area. You know, he lived out toward Wimberley, right in Wimberley at the time. Uh, just seeing if there's anybody in the divisional list from the state of Texas. Nobody that I'm seeing on this list as I scroll through it. I know this makes for really good live radio, but I apologize. Uh, yeah, but gosh, there's a lot of names on that list. So anyway, congratulations to those men on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. I don't know how they decide it, Jeff, but it sucks. they got, <laughs> they right. got to redo it. You can't, you can't have guys from the yeah, 70s we'll, we'll, in the same bracket or the same ballot as from the 2010s. Yeah, I'm, I, I, don't know, I don't care about the breaks or the clock or whatever. Um, we'll just Here's your criteria, Cam. So, had to have received first-team All-America recognition by a selector that is recognized by the NCAA. Uh, I believe the five are Sporting News. Lindy's? No, Sporting News, the Associated Press, uh, the... Football Writers Association, the AFCA, and which one am I missing? Oh, the Walter Camp All-America team. Those are the five that are recognized by the NCAA. Player becomes eligible. You just need to get one on the ballot once for that? Hmm? You just need to be named to just one of those ballots to be eligible for the. Yep. Player becomes eligible for consideration by the foundation's honors court 10 seasons after their final intercollegiate football season. Uh, while each nominee, well, each nominee's football achievements in college are prime consideration, his post-football record as a citizen 
is also weighed. So oh probably God. not. Michael Vick's probably not getting in if that's the case. Uh, he must have proven himself a worthy citizen, carrying the ideals of football forward into his relations with the community. Consideration may also be given for academic honors and whether the candidate earned a college degree. Players must have played their last year of intercollegiate football within the last 50 years. Uh, a coach becomes eligible three full seasons after retirement. Uh, nominations may only be submitted by the current athletics director, head coach, or sports information director of a candidate's college institution. That's what I wonder about. How many SIDs and ADs don't know a guy's in the College Football Hall of Fame? Where Where is the college football? Is it Atlanta? Is it Atlanta? Yeah. I think I've been there before. Uh, no, Texters. The old Playboy All-American team does not count. You know they used to do that, Cam, back in the day? That's incredible. The Playboy preseason All-American team, they take them out to the Playboy Mansion and they kind of spend a couple days out in Cali. Is that, didn't Liner do that? Uh, Matt Liner was on that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, A couple Texas guys, I think Mike Williams, maybe Quentin Jammer, I think, was one of the last few. Leonard Davis, there was was that last, probably 05, 06 was the last time they did the Playboy bit. They haven't done it in a minute. And you know, that issue was very well, was one of the most... uh, bought issues of the year because yeah. you had to see who was in that all-american team oh i'm sure yeah yeah how, how many how many issues did you have with that how many copies um i've got a i don't think i have them anymore but i was going through some stuff and one of the moves i made recently i had a couple i think i i want to say it was like mike williams and quentin jammer was roy williams on one of those teams i think there was a couple like in the from the early 2000s that i had and one random from like 19 it was 89 or 90 something like that At any rate, uh, that's going to do it for the Playboy conversation and the College Football Hall of Fame conversation. Take a break. Come back. Flex update and a Longhorn notebook on the other side. Only at the tower. On the horn, live, local, and digital. On the horn app and at hornfm.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I like uh, there's some Facebook memes or Twitter memes, Cam, that really entertain me. There's one, uh, it's from a pro LeBron James Twitter account that said, this is how long LeBron has been dominating the league. And it's a picture of him and Jason Tatum standing side by side in the game. And right next to it is a picture of LeBron with Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum has to be like eight years old in this picture. Yeah. I've seen the picture before. Yeah, he's been. LeBron's pushing 40 years old almost, guys. Yeah. And and a soon-to-be Dallas Maverick. Yeah. Sure. You know, I'm. are you glad, Cam, that like Gen Pop is figuring out like when Shams or Woj or even on the NFL side, like Adam Schefter or. Tom Pelissero, take your you know your pick of insiders. That everybody's caught onto the bit, like when they report something that sounds kind of outlandish, 
everybody's kind of caught on the bill. Like, oh, that's coming from an agent. They're just trying to get some stuff stirred up. I don't know. Is it? It's. I feel like it's becoming more commonplace that people know it's it's an agent bit going on. Maybe I, I would hope so, but I I still see like I guarantee. If I opened up Twitter right now, I'm going to see eight tweets in a row of LeBron with a Mavericks jersey photoshopped onto him. You know what? Let's do an experiment real quick before we get to the flex update. It'll be it'll be I'll get a Bleacher Report notification. First look at LeBron in a <laughs> Mavericks uniform. Let's see. Well, yeah, uh, Chris Haynes is also reporting Waiting. this. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find if they've done it. Yeah, this is just Kyrie and LeBron pictures. Um, no, Cam, you want to make that happen once we're done with the show? No, like, not you enough time the yet for the poor social there media. It is. There you it is. There it is. Oh, my gosh. that's a, Look at this. That's a horribly done. That's like the worst. That's, a, <laughs> that's the laziest <laughs> Photoshop ever. It's like they took uh it's like they took a Luka Doncic jersey from like NBA Live 98 and put it over LeBron. Dude, that's that's a horrible photoshop. Well, there it is. No, somebody did it. Somebody did it right, Cam. There it is. Yep, there that's it is. Luka that, LeBron. Okay. Yeah. Somebody put some effort into that one. It's Luka LeBron and Kyrie. That's much better effort than the good lord. That first effort you should be banned from Twitter for doing a photoshop that bad. That is abysmal right there. Good lord. All right, let's go ahead and get to the flex update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. I'm very happy that there's an outcry on the Specs text line from two texters wondering how the heck Peter Warwick is not in the College Football Hall of Fame already. He should be. That entire list. Go down the of go down people. the YouTube rabbit hole, kids. Everybody's gonna talk about. Oh, Michael Vick was awesome at Virginia Tech, and he was. Yeah, go watch that Sugar Bowl. And while you're watching Michael Vick highlights, go also watch Peter Warwick go run up and down the field on Virginia Tech in that game. So, anyway, it's a YouTube assignment, boys and girls. Peter Warwick from Florida State back in the day. All right, Cam, what you got? So some quick uh, shout-outs. Of course, the NCAA postseason now, there's a handful of guys on the UT roster that are from the Centex area that have played their high school baseball in the Centex area. I mean, you can give Len Passes uh, some credit, too, with Ace Whitehead, Cameron O'Bannon. There's a, there's a handful of guys. But also, how about the University of Pennsylvania? Former Bowie baseball standout, Seth Wurchin. Got a few texts coming on the Specs text line as well about him. So congrats to him, Pennsylvania playing a do-or-die game today against Southern Miss, 2 o'clock Central, so you can watch that, but a chance for a couple more Centex area guys to be making their way into the Super Regionals. And, of course, some high school baseball updates real quick, Jeff. Uh, there was three Centex teams in the regional finals. Taylor, they won game one, lost games two and three to a, a really good China Springs program. So China Springs to the state tournament. Congrats to the Taylor Ducks on a great year. Westlake, number three ranked team in the state, taking on San Antonio Johnson. They swept them. Two games. They won game one on Thursday night, 4-3. to three, And then they beat the Jags, 3-1. A come-from-behind performance. They were down one nothing early, tied it up. Then added two more runs in the eighth inning and extra innings to win it to the nothing. So congrats to Westlake on advancing Ty Shapiro with a big double in the eighth inning to advance. So they'll take on, it's not Pearland. I learned it, Jeff. It's Pearland. Pearland, yeah. They'll take on Pearland in the state tournament this week. Uh, first game 
going to be at 7 p.m. on Friday. Cypress Woods taking on Flower Mound at 4 p.m. And then the state championship game, which will be at Dell Diamond, will be at 4 p.m. 6 a.m. Real quick on that, Jeff, I had a few people text me asking, why not play A&M Texas at Dell Diamond? Well, it's because the state tournament is there that it's, week. It's so uh, occupado. Maybe, maybe Minute Maid is open. And then 5A, Rouse Raiders, uh, another team. They won their first game against Bernie Champion 9-3 and then lost games 2-3 to the Chargers to be eliminated. But a great year for Rouse uh, coming up short, but a great season for the Raiders. So there is one Sentex team left in state. It's the Westlake Shaps. Goldberg's kid plays for champion, right? I think so. his son play champion? I think think so. so. And actually, I believe Seth Wurchin, as known Hogan, has just reminded me, committed to Texas a grad transfer, right? Maybe? I don't know. Don't know? We'll we'll, we'll double check. We'll double check that. But, yeah. That's uh, that's the flex update for you, Jeff. Um, real quick, uh, I do have a flex update. Part of uh, he has committed the Texas grant transfer. I just confirmed it. I would like to contribute to the flex update if I could. Oh, please, please. Let me spit that out if I can talk right today. Uh, Adrian Wilson, we've got him at twenty four seven Sports. We've got him as a four star prospect, uh, a one top one fifty prospect in the country. Outstanding wide receiver at Weiss. Uh, he visited Texas this weekend for the elite camp. Uh, was. There was some thought that he was was an offer candidate, and he, he was, you know. But he, an offer for him hasn't been reported at this point. My man Mike Roach, who now is covering the state of Texas, twenty four seven sports. Mike has put in a crystal ball prediction, twenty four seven sports crystal ball prediction for Adrian Wilson in favor of Oklahoma. Mm. So there you have it, little, little, little local recruiting tidbit in the uh, in the flex update. All right, let's go ahead and get to the notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. If you need to get updated on the Texas Elite Day, or the Elite Camp, excuse me, that happened over the weekend, Steve Sarkeesian and company, a really productive weekend on the recruiting trail, uh, get over to Horns 24-7, our outstanding recruiting staff, uh, Hudson Standish, Hank South, Jordan Scruggs, those guys killed it over the weekend. A lot of good information. The Stampede, even though Mike is gone, the Stampede is still getting posted. That was live at 8 a.m. today. Uh, Jordan had some nuggets posted. A lot of good content from Hank South. And a lot of Hank's content centers around K.J. Lacey, four-star quarterback, top 247 quarterback, one of the best quarterback prospects in the country for the class of 2025. He, of Land, Alabama, is committed to the University of Texas. The Longhorns are on the board in the class of 2025 with a quarterback. And Cam, I'm sure you've read the content, but you see the measurables on K.J. Lacey, 5'11", 165 pounds. You watch the film. Mm -hmm. The Bryce Young comparisons have already started Yeah, with K.J. Lacey. Saw his huddle over the weekend after he committed and got to say, like what I saw, like what I saw. And there's a chance too because I believe is that the Mr. Mr. Football, also the wide receiver in mm-hmm. Alabama, the number one ranked receiver, correct? Is that correct? Yes, 2025? His teammate. Yep. His teammate. There you go. So Lancey, you know, maybe gonna do a little arch manning, you know, recruiting during this next this twenty twenty five cycle. Now uh, were you now real quick, because I have not been immersed in recruiting with with, with baseball season going mm-hmm. on. Were you? Did you know this was coming pretty pretty quickly, or were you a little bit surprised by the commitment over this weekend from KJ? Um, that would probably be a better question for the recruiting guys. They're they're in it day to day, so uh, they had a hunch. 
because uh, they were Hank and Jordan. They were prepared for everything that happened, so they, they had a hunch. Did you tweet out? If you were a subscriber, you would have known this was coming. Did you do any of those tweets? No, okay. not nothing like that. You just just tweet. Just I actually I didn't even I didn't even tweet anything. I was a I was a re. I'm I'm more of a retweeter. Cam. Yeah, I like to be more a little more of a retweeter or, or a quote tweeter. You know, that's what that's no, honestly no, the thing about on Twitter. That's the thing about Darren Ravel that aggravates me the most is he'll just uh, steal people's tweets. Yep. You know, and like oh yeah, I credit him. No, just quote tweet it or just retweet it. Anyway, I'm getting my blood pressure up thinking about Darren Velt. But uh, <laughs> Hank South caught up with Jeff Kelly. He is uh, K.J. Lacey's head coach at Sarah Land. And here just some tidbits that Hank posted this morning on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7. Uh, Jeff Kelly said, uh, from the neck, quote, from the neck up is what makes him special. Um, noted that his uh, football IQ and his ability to read defenses, make quick decisions, and when the play breaks down, uh, and still be able to create all those things, make him special. Uh, he said his personality and swagger rubs off on everyone in the locker room and makes everyone better. Uh, Kelly said that extends to Sarah Land, the school too. Very popular kid on campus whose energy is contagious. Uh, Kelly said it was very obvious early on that Lacey would be special. He said he shines in the uh, shines the brightest in pressure situation, and no moment is too big for him. Uh, Sarah Land got into some high-scoring shootouts in the playoffs, and Lacey excelled. Uh, they played a strong Hillcrest team from Tuscaloosa, uh, and the uh, Spartans put up 56 points in two and a half quarters. Kelly said he feels Lacey is an excellent fit for Steve Sarkeesian and A.J. Milley and what they're trying to accomplish. So uh, the high school coach thinks it's a great fit. And, you know, I'll, I'll trust I'll trust Sark and A.J. Milley on quarterback evals until I have a reason not to. Yeah. And from what I've heard, too, Jeff, the region he plays high school ball in, is it Sarah Lynn or Sarah Lynn? Sarah Lynn. Sarah Lynn. Really tough region. Re- really tough region. Uh, probably the second base program across all state levels in the state of Alabama. We mentioned the wideout going to Alabama is number one currently in uh, 2025. It's a pretty new program outside of Mobile, but it, it's a very high competitive type of area, right? So a lot of people made a big deal out of Arch Manning's, the district he played in, mm-hmm. or the level he played in Louisiana. This is different. This kid plays in a, in a very tough area of high school football in Alabama, too. Uh, I'll say this, too. Um, sorry, I was right in the middle. Of look, I shouldn't, I shouldn't look at the text line while I'm gathering my thoughts. Seen more LeBron <laughs> no, jerseys? No, I'm, okay. I'm trying to look away from the LeBron memes. I know I, I think the, the thing about K.J. Lacey being special and, and Sark you know, and A.J. Milley targeting him right now and getting your 2025 quarterback commitment out of the way, that's typically the time you, you see this kind of stuff go down is the summer before the prospect's junior year. That's when you typically got to move on these guys and make the decision and go with it. Uh, we saw Tom Herman's staff do that with, with their quarterback takes. Uh, so it's just the nature of the beast at that position. Um, but the thing that intrigues me the most about K.J. Lacey, and Cam, you, alluded, you, you mentioned watching his film, the the fact that his from a body type standpoint, he's completely different than the other quarterbacks that Sark has recruited because he's recruited all the guys on campus right now, right? Like Quinn Ewers, Quinn 6'3", 200 plus. Malik Murphy was Malik 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, six. Big dude. 230. Big dude. Big guy. Uh, Arch Manning. Arch is 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, you know, going to be in that 225 to 230 range. Uh, you know, Trey Owens in the class of 2024. Trey Owens, you know, 6'4", 200 plus pounds. And then you've got K.J. Lacey at 5'11", 165. So that just shows you the special kind yeah. of arm talent, the special kind of ability to play the position that Sark feels this kid had. And you could say the same thing about when Sark helped recruit Bryce Young at Alabama. Like, Bryce Young didn't look like some of those other Alabama yeah, quarterbacks. That's true. 
but they they it stood out to them what he could do. I think that tells you that should be what a, a huge sign mm-hmm. that Sark took this kid, even though he is under six feet tall. Yeah. So again, KJ Lacey uh, is the quarterback take for Texas in the class of twenty twenty five. Tech. And any, anytime you get your quarterback take out of the way. If you know who you want, go after him, get it done. Uh, 24-7 Sports, our in-house rankings. Uh, K.J. Lacey, the number 112 overall prospect in the country. Uh, He's number 70 overall in the 24-7 Sports composite rankings. So uh, that's your Longhorn Notebook for this hour. And real quick, Jeff, 2025 class, just looking over it, it's not a quarterback-heavy class, is it, compared to recent years? Um. I'll be honest, Cam. I've not done my in-depth okay. research on the class of twenty twenty-five. Put it in the spot. Yet. We'll come back to it tomorrow. How about that? Yeah, I'll I'll do that. I'll do some homework tonight and come and come back to you uh, in the morning. All right, take a break. Come back. Uh, Got to close out this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Cam and I were just having a conversation off the air. Uh, how many people listening right now have ever gotten nauseous on the drive down 1431 going from Cedar Park to Lago Vista? If you've decided, like I've done a few times, just because you had nothing better to do, going from our Fairburg over to Marble Falls and taking 1431 to get there, mm-hmm. it's it's you're you're doomed to you need some Dramamine for that drive. If you're not if you're not a big fan of the ups and downs, then yeah. Because yeah. I, I used to make that drive all the time back when I was an Amazon driver long ago. And those things can only go a certain amount of miles, miles per hour. Back when you were having to go number one in Gatorade bottles. Yep. And you have people up there riding your, your tail. Riding your tail and you're going up and down. Yeah. It is it is a pretty drive. It is scenic. But it's one Very that scenic. after you do it two times in a day, you're like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. Well, back, I'm fine. Back in high school when Lago Vista was in our district, like we'd go over there for basketball. It's like as long as I don't, you know, get sick on the bus ride over there, probably going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> I can just avoid getting nauseous and you know, losing my cookies before this game starts. Will be all right. Uh, Cam, what you got going on the rest of the day? Maybe some pickup basketball, Jeff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you? You gonna mess around and get a triple double? No, definitely not. Okay, well, mess around and. Throw my shoulder out, probably. You'll get an you'll get an A for effort, I'm sure. Thank Cam. you. Uh, Craig will be back in tomorrow. I know I'm going to be out on Wednesday because I've got uh, an appointment to get to. But depending on who wins tonight, where the super is, if travel's involved, that will determine our broadcast schedule for the rest of the week in terms of who will be here. We know Cam will be here doing a great job as he always does. Yes, sir. But uh, my availability, Craig's availability, that is TBD right now. Stay locked in to the Horn. Chad and Zay are coming up next. Cam, thanks for everything, man. Great job today. Cheers, Jeff. For the absent Craig Way, for Cameron Parker, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow to light the tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.